0: On this episode of Fantasy NFL today, we have our classic Friday episode with the Week 6 NFL preview, our stardom em, situm, em, the lock it up which hasn't been great at all so far this year, but the show goes on. You can fade it we're leaving at this point but the show goes on then we have the return of the boss who has been a consistent force against the spread the boss's picks went 2-0 and 1 in week 5 so another winning weekend there so you definitely won't want to miss his picks this week so we have a lot to get to and it all starts now Welcome to Fantasy NFL Today presented by HoopBall. Today is Friday, October 15th. I am your host, Anthony Germain, and you can find me on Twitter at the Talking Sunday handle. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-G. Talking Sunday, all one word. And we have a lot to get to today. I'm not going to waste any time with any intros. We are all about the business this week. Last week, we got punched in the face a little bit between the stardom sit Not too great there on that front last week. And also with the Lock It Up Top 5, punched in the face once again. And look, sometimes these weeks are going to happen. Unfortunately, I don't have a crystal ball that gives us all the answers each and every week. I wish I did. If that was the case, I'd be making a lot more money than I am right now. So let's cut out all the shenanigans. Let's get straight down to the business. And let's get through this week's Stardom sit segment and again just as a reminder i am not going to tell you to start the great players i'm not going to tell you to start Patrick Mahomes or Tyreek Hill most of my starts will be players that are either available on the waiver wire or floating around on your free agent list you could probably pick these guys up or use them as streaming options and then most of your sets will probably be guys that you already have rostered on your teams that will face a hard or challenging matchup so with that let's get to it and as always let's start with the quarterbacks one of my favorite quarterbacks to start this week week is quarterback taylor heineke of the washington football team who is sitting currently as the quarterback 16 overall and i think he's a great streaming option if you've suffered a russell wilson injury loss or if your quarterback happens to be on a bye week this week he finished as a top 13 quarterback three of the five weeks And now he gets a Kansas City defense that's giving up most points to fantasy quarterbacks this season. You know I don't think that much of Heineke, but in this particular instance, in a game with a total that is sitting around 55 and a half points, there should be plenty of points to go around in a high-scoring affair. So let's grab Heineke, and don't be afraid to start him if you need a quarterback this week. My second favorite quarterback to start is quarterback Joe Burrow, the Cincinnati Bengals last week burrow finished as a top 16 quarterback now he gets the lowly soul drained detroit lions defense with jamar chase t higgins and tyler boyd at his full disposal this game has blowout potential written all over it after an absolute crusher by the vikings last second field goal last week We keep seeing this Detroit team give everything they have over and over to only still find ways to lose the game. We saw Justin Tucker break the field goal record, and now the Vikings crushed them with almost no time left with another field goal win. It's demoralizing. It takes the wins right out of the sail. It's the feeling of no matter how hard we try, there's nothing we can do to win. And this game right here has the potential to be the rock bottom blowout I like the Cincinnati Bengals advantages everywhere I like it at quarterback I like it at running back I like it at wide receiver and even at tight end I'm giving the green light for Joe Burrow and the green light for every relevant Bengal player this weekend My third favorite start of the week is quarterback Ben Roethlisberger of the Pittsburgh Steelers and he is not having a great season as he currently sits as the quarterback 26 but coming off his best performance yet as the QB 17 last week against a good Broncos defense at home. And now Roethlisberger gets to stay home and welcome in the Seattle Seahawks for primetime football on Sunday night. There's no denying that Seattle's defense is solid against the run, but Seattle has given up a lot of points to quarterbacks this season. Seattle should be able to keep Najee Harrison check as far as a pure rusher goes, but that should force Big Ben to dish the ball out to him as a passer i know juju smith schuster is out which should lead to more opportunities for chase claypool and deontay johnson giving this pittsburgh offense that vintage 2020 game script meaning that roethlisberger should be getting the ball out of his hands quickly so let's go ahead and start up ben roethlisberger my favorite sits of the week is quarterback baker mayfield and i actually like the browns a lot in this game this weekend but from a fantasy perspective this one may get ugly mayfield happened to have his best performance last week versus the chargers finishing as the qb 13 but before that he has basically been a dud as he sits as the qb 25 overall Guys like Trevor Lawrence, Two Gloves Teddy, and Jarrett Goff are having better fantasy seasons than Baker Mayfield, and now the Browns get an undefeated Cardinals team that will cause lots of problems for this offense everywhere except the run game. Mayfield should be under a great deal of pressure throughout the day, and we all know he's not that athletic. I also don't like the matchup for any of these Browns receivers, and it's supposed to be windy and rainy in Cleveland on Sunday. Like I said, this one can get ugly real fast, so let's keep Baker Mayfield on the bench. Another sit of the week is quarterback Derek Carr of the Las Vegas Raiders. Look, there is just too much going on in Las Vegas right now with all of the distractions, but the wheels have started to come off even before all of this John Gruden stuff. Two weeks ago, with the 14-point loss to the Chargers, followed up by an embarrassing 20-9 to 9 loss to the Chicago Bears just last week. Now, on top of all of that, you throw in the John Gruden distractions as this team travels to Denver in the altitude against one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah, no thank you the Raiders are up against it in every facet of the offense, quarterback pressure will be high, the rushing attack will be brutal, and the coverage on these receivers will be smothering. Distractions, new coach, traveling on the road, I don't like this at all, so let's go ahead and keep Carr on the bench. My third and final quarterback to sit this week is quarterback Sam Darnold of the Carolina Panthers. What happened to everyone, Cinderella, Sam Darnold? But I thought this was all Adam Gase's fault. I thought he was supposed to be the next Ryan Tannehill. What happened? Oh, well, I'll tell you what happened. Five interceptions in the past two weeks against the Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles. I told you, he stinks. He wasn't good in college. He wasn't good with Todd Bowles. He wasn't good with Adam Gase, and he's not good with Matt Rule. He's a one-read quarterback, and when that breaks down, all hell breaks loose. Teams know if they can get enough pressure on Darnold, he can't do anything. And now he gets a dangerous Minnesota Vikings team that generates a top five pressure rate in the NFL. It was nice while it lasted, but all your Sam Darnold dreams have officially come to an end. My favorite running back starts for the week is running back Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals. Be not afraid yes Mixon only received 10 carries last week against the Packers but remember he was still recovering from an ankle injury and almost didn't play in that game at all Who knows if the ankle is fully healed or not, but if Mixon was practicing this week and plans to play against the Lions, you can assume he didn't injure it further and it's probably getting better. I think we see Mixon return to somewhat of what we're used to as far as volume goes. Maybe not the 20 plus carries that we're used to as the ankle still might be a little sore, but I think pushing 20 carries maybe around the 16 to 18 range may be in store. And what a matchup to Uncork, Joe Mixon against the Detroit Lions. And on top of that, Samaje Piran will be out of this game on the COVID list, leaving rookie running back Chris Evans as their only viable backup. And it doesn't seem like the coaching staff trusts Evans based on what we saw last week. I'm not backtracking on my Evans stash. I still like him as a stash if anything were to happen to Mixon, but it seems like Mixon is a full go at this point. So let's fire him up and not have any concerns. My other favorite start at running back is running back Javante Williams of the Denver Broncos. With each and every Broncos game that goes by, you can just feel the inevitable slowly taking over. I know Melvin Gordon is still in the picture and will probably continue to be a thorn in the side of Javante managers, but the scales are starting to tip further and further towards Javante Williams, and we're starting to see explosive plays from the rookie. We talked about the patience you'll need to have if you drafted Javante over the summer, how it's going to take some time for him to develop because of Melvin Gordon, But the more they give this kid the ball, the more we see why the Broncos drafted him. And this game against the Raiders could be a big one. The Broncos go against the Las Vegas Raiders this week, and during the Raiders' free fall back to reality, they've allowed four rushing touchdowns to running backs, and I think we may see one or two of them from the rookie out of UNC this weekend. The running back position is thin in fantasy football, as we all know, so don't be afraid to fire him up this week if you're dealing with injuries or any running backs on the bye. My favorite sits of the week is running back Josh Jacobs of the Las Vegas Raiders. And just like with Derek Carr, the Raiders organization is in complete disarray. A lot of distractions going on in Las Vegas and now a new coach that was thrusted into a game plan at the last minute. It doesn't help that they had to travel to Denver and play in that altitude or play one of the better defenses in the league, especially against the run. Look, the Raiders have had a lot of trouble running the ball against most opponents this year, and now they run into a team that's very, very good at it. I don't like anything about these Raiders this week, so let's leave Josh Jacobs on the bench. Another sit of the week is running back Damian Harris of the New England Patriots. Fumbling in New England will get you nowhere but the bench. Hell, you might even get banished for a week or two, and I'm not willing to take the gamble on Damian Harris this week. Harris fumbled again, another crucial carry that should have been a touchdown, and that has to drive Bill Belichick nuts. Remember, these aren't just regular fumbles. This is twice now where Harris has fumbled on the goal line. On top of that, Harris was injured, and who really knows how healthy he is at this point? Don't expect much from Harris at all this week, as I think Belichick turns to the rookie running back, Ramadre Stevenson, to showcase what he can do against this Dallas Cowboys defense. Remember, Stevenson flashed his potential in the preseason, so if he's floating around out there on waivers, you might want to go ahead and add him and wait to see what happens. We never know what's going to happen with these Patriot running backs, but one thing I do know for sure is it's not looking good for Damian Harris, so keep him on your bench. Another sit for me this week is going to be running back Devontae Booker of the New York Giants, and I know he was a popular waiver wire grab for a lot of you, but we're going to have to keep him on the bench this week in a bad, bad matchup against the Los Angeles Rams, and honestly, I probably wouldn't start Booker in most cases, but the Rams defense is no. Joke. I know he scored twice against the Cowboys, but his production overall wasn't that impressive. Saquon Barkley has yet to eclipse over 60 rushing yards this season, and if a player of the talent of Saquon Barkley can't get anything going behind that Giants offensive line, what makes you think a far less superior athlete like the like Devontae Booker can? With all the injuries surrounding the Giants wide receiver core as well. I'm expecting the Rams to zero in on the running game, so I don't like anything about these Giants at all this week. Let's go ahead and keep Devontae Booker on the bench. My final sit is running back Alex Collins of the Seattle Seahawks. If starter Chris Carson plays, then this is obvious, but as of right now, he still hasn't practiced with the team, and as we know, no practice usually means no game. But Alex Collins just isn't that good and he's another running back that gets injured a lot because he is consistently looking for contact. I'm not a huge DJ Dallas fan, but if you're in the Seahawks situation, that's most likely who they should be starting. But the Seahawks are one of those organizations that always seem to be doing things that drive fans crazy. So they'll probably continue to roll out Collins. And the problem is they'll be going against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense on the road. Pittsburgh has given up zero touchdowns to running backs this season. And I don't see the dam suddenly bursting for somebody like Alex Collins. With Geno Smith at the helm, I'm willing to bet Pittsburgh's defense sells out to stop the run and force Geno Smith to beat them with his arm. And we all know that ain't going to happen. Don't start Alex Smith or any Seattle running back this weekend. My favorite starts at the wide receiver position is Allen Robinson. I know I'm in the minority on this one, but are we really going to bench Allen Robinson against this injured Packers secondary that just gave up 159 receiving yards and one touchdown to Cincinnati's number one wide receiver Jamar Chase last weekend? I know Justin Fields is still working out the kinks for the Bears and the Bears love to run the ball. But if this game starts to get out of control, even in the slightest, the Bears will be forced to let Fields rip it to keep up with the Packers offense. I'm not just starting him here because of this game theory I just presented, but the matchup is simply too good to ignore. At some point, Robinson is going to have a breakout game and I'm willing to take that chance when the opportunity presents itself, and that's exactly what we're getting versus this Packer secondary without Jair Alexander or Kevin King. This one will be easy to complain about if he busts again this week. I'm sure I'll hear a lot of complaints on Twitter about how I recommended to start Allen Robinson, but fantasy is all about taking your shot when it's there, and right now, looking at this banged up Packer secondary, the shot is... Is there. And when the shot is there, you take your shot. If we were in the same exact position, but Robinson was facing a much stronger secondary, I wouldn't be recommending him. It's just about the matchup. My other favorite start of the week is wide receiver T. Higgins of the Cincinnati Bengals. Targets, targets, Targets. It's all about the targets in fantasy football and Jamar Chase's production last week happened to stomp all over the fact that T. Higgins still received eight targets against the Packers. As long as that volume continues, T. Higgins is a must start each and every week. As explained earlier, the Lions are in a soul crushing game where I'm expecting a possible blowout I could see the Bengals having their way early and often with this Detroit defense. And if we get the targets, I think we'll get with Higgins. We could be in store for a massive week. While everyone is focused on Jamar Chase, let's get a sneaky boom play from T. Higgins this weekend. My last favorite start at wide receiver. And in a very, very rare moment on this pod, I'm actually going to recommend... All of you start wide receiver Chase Claypool of the Pittsburgh Steelers. With the news of Juju Smith-Schuster being done for the year, the Steelers are now forced to feed Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool more than ever. The Seahawks are actually decent at stopping the run, which should force Pittsburgh to throw the ball a lot more than they want to in this one. Claypool is averaging nine targets per game and just went off last week for 130 receiving yards and one touchdown. I like this trend to continue this week at home against a very average Seahawks secondary. So finally on Fantasy NFL Today, let's go ahead and fire up Chase Claypool. My favorite sit of the week is wide receiver Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Geno Smith. That's it. That's all you need to know for benching Tyler Lockett, Geno Smith. I'm telling you right now, Tyler Lockett is going to be a ghost for as long as Russell Wilson continues to miss time. DK Metcalf, if anyone, is going to be the wide receiver that should benefit most from Geno Smith, not Tyler Lockett. Remember, Russell Wilson is so good at elevating talent from his wide receivers and someone that's sort of already somewhat of a boom or bust player benefits most from a quarterback like Russell Wilson. Now you give me Geno Smith, someone that's known for doing boneheaded things throughout his career, I don't see him doing anything with a receiver like Tyler Lockett. He'll consistently check it down to the tight end, running back, or toss it up to the big body receiver like DK Metcalf, but I'm seeing a lot of deep, Overthrown balls from Geno to Lockett, or him just simply not trusting Lockett in those tight coverages. And I hate to say it, but we may have to keep Lockett on our benches for as long as Russell Wilson is out. My second wide receiver sit of the week is wide receiver Kadarius Tony of the New York Giants because the cat is out of the bag. Ten catches for 189 yards last week sounds great but Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton are very close to returning and might play this weekend. If that's the case, we'll most certainly see Tony's targets greatly reduced, but even if they don't play and he's the number one option for the Giants, he draws the Rams defense and that's a big problem. I don't care that Daniel Jones is starting. The Rams have one receiving threat to take out of the game and they have the tools to do it easily to be completely honest tony isn't a terrible start but i would just limit my expectations if you think he's getting anywhere close to that 189 receiving yards again you're only setting yourself up for a great disappointment my last sit of the week is wide receiver odell beckham jr of the cleveland browns Like I discussed earlier, this game has all the writings to be one giant slop fest in every facet of the offense except in the running game. Have Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham ever demonstrated any chemistry at all? So what makes you think that they'll suddenly have some against this undefeated Arizona Cardinals team this week? Since Odell Beckham has returned to the field in week three, his stats have consistently decreased. They have consistently gone down each week, and that has been without Jarvis Landry on the field. With the wind and rain forecasted in Cleveland this weekend, the Browns are going to do what the Browns do best, and that's run the hell out of the ball. If you start Odell Beckham, what you're really banking on is for him to hit a home run in this one. Can it happen? Sure. But in fantasy football, you always want to play the odds, and the odds of that happening are slim. So at my recommendation, let's keep Odell Beckham on the bench. Okay, well, that wraps up this week's Stardom situm for week six. If I didn't mention any of your players or you have any other questions, feel free to hit me up on my Twitter account at the Talking Sunday handle, T-A-L-K-I-N-G, Talking Sunday, all one word, and I would be more than happy to answer them. But now it's time to move on to one of my favorite segments of the podcast, the Lock It Up segments, where I give you my top five picks against the spread each and every week it's my favorite segment of the week and i know it is not off to a great start it's off to a terrible start for that matter not great at all and i absolutely hate where we are at the moment it's ugly but we are transparent here on this podcast we do not hide we do not fabricate or sugarcoat any of the stats it is a brutal 8 16 and 1 after five weeks But it's something I'm determined to flip around, and I'm not quitting because the show goes on. We do not quit here on Fantasy NFL Today, 8-16-1 or 16-8-1. It does not matter. I don't care how far down this hole goes. I think this is going to eventually turn around, and again, the show goes on. So you can fade it or ignore it. It doesn't matter. The show goes on. So with that, it's time to lock it up.
1: You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it
0: up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Welcome to our brand new segment called Lock It Up. And if you are into the betting market, this is the segment you won't want to miss. I'll be giving you my top five picks for the week against the spread. I'll also be posting all of my picks to my Twitter account at the Talking Sunday handle where you can follow along all season long, we are not off to a great start, as I just explained. So, just to review, last week we finished with a one-three and one record. We had the Jets plus two and a half, which was a, just a flat-out bad pick. I will admit that the Jets go to London and can't beat the Atlanta Falcons without Calvin Ridley. I mean, this was just a bad pick, and that is my bad. The Panthers minus three is another loser, but the Panthers were ahead in that game the whole time. Right before the end, when the Eagles came around and covered and won the game outright the Bengals plus three was a heartbreaking push because we could have used that win this week we had the Bears plus five and a half as our only winner and then the Browns plus two giving up the late touchdown for a loss there as well and again in that game the Browns were up by a significant amount at one point and gave up a giant lead so yes the picks are not great again they're not great at all And I'm not trying to make any excuses, but some of these losses that we're on, I feel like we were still on the right side. Just the ball is not bouncing our way and it has to eventually turn around, or I think it has to turn around. And again, these picks that I'm about to give you, you can fade them if you think they're that big of a joke, or you can ignore them for now and wait for the steam to pick up. But usually when we hit rock bottom and we start to tap out, that's when, of course, things will start to turn around. So again scared money doesn't make money we are not quitting on this podcast and the show goes on so with that let's get to my top five picks of the week All right, my first and best pick of the week. The lock of the week is the Denver Broncos minus three and a half against the team that is in a complete free fall frenzy. We get a demoralized Raiders team that now has to hit the road against a pretty strong Denver Broncos team in mile high. And I know it's easy to point to all the John Gruden distractions, but the wheels have been falling off the Las Vegas Raiders for two weeks now. A 14-point loss to the Chargers two weeks ago, followed by an embarrassing 20-9 loss to the Chicago Bears last week. Now add in the Gruden drama. Now add in quarterback Derek Carr asking for other people's emails. Now add in a new head coach that has to draw up a game plan at the last minute, plus the travel to Mile High and having to play in Altitude. It's just too much. There's too much going on with this team to be 100% focused on beating the Denver Broncos, and this one has potential to get ugly real quick for the Raiders. Even if we take out all of the distractions and just focus on the football, focus on the field, this is just a terrible matchup for the Raiders. Carr will be under consistent pressure, the run game will be smothered, and the receivers will be blanketed. There is not a single bright spot for this Raiders offense versus that Denver defense at home and having those fans roaring down on them. Lock the Broncos in at minus three and a half, and we might be able to kick our feet up by halftime in this brutal shutout. My second lock of the week is the Cincinnati Bengals minus three and a half, and here we go again. Just like the Bears two weeks ago, I can't for the life of me figure out why people are actually taking the Lions. The public was on the Lions that week versus the Bears, and this week we have split action between the Lions and Bengals? What? Are people just feeling bad for this team at this point? I mean, it is 2021, but this makes no sense at all. I get it. The Lions play tough and they're losing close games, yada, yada. But what's the mental toll it's taken on this team at this point? I mean, the head coach was crying at his presser and the players have to be demoralized at this point. And just like our Broncos pick, this right here is what I like to call the soul crusher. The Lions are in a unique situation like the Raiders detroit has been giving it their all they've been giving it everything they got and it doesn't matter because they keep finding ways to lose it's soul crushing it takes all the wind out of your sails it's a hopeless feeling and this might be the rock bottom game this one has blowout potential written all over it and i have this game pegged with the Bengals as an eight and a half point favorite if you follow me on twitter You know I put out that alternative line on the Bears that two weeks ago, and this one might be another situation where we look at those alts again. But nonetheless, lay the three and a half here and watch these Bengals possibly smash the Lions in a soul-crushing game. My third lock of the week is a total, and the total I'm talking about is the Arizona Cardinals-Cleveland Browns under the 49 and a half because this one has slot fest written all over it. I know the Arizona Cardinals are everyone's favorite team right now, and they're exciting. The offense is exciting, but this weather might be a problem. The weather is supposed to be in the high 50s with high winds and showers throughout the day. Just a typical Cleveland game sitting right there next to that lake. And now we have a dome Arizona team coming east to play in conditions they're not used to. And I'm expecting this weather to slow that offense down a bit. I know the Cardinals are undefeated, but there's been a few games mixed in there that could have gone either way. And this Browns defense is pretty good. I'm expecting a defensive battle from both sides in the poor weather conditions. And the 49.5 points is simply too high. Baker Mayfield should be under pressure a lot in this game, and his receivers are simply outmatched in this one. On the other hand, DeAndre Hopkins has been unreliable this season, and I'm not expecting much out of the other receivers. Lots of running to go around in this one, so let's lock in that under at 49.5 points. my fourth lock of the week, and for all the reasons I just listed, I like these Cleveland Browns to cover the three and give Arizona their first loss on the season. The weather plays perfectly into the Cleveland Browns' game plan, and we've seen Cleveland thrive in these conditions in the past. I'm expecting the Browns to do what the Browns do best, and that's run the hell out of the ball while playing tough defense. There's absolutely nothing Arizona can do to stop this rushing attack, even if Nick Chubb doesn't play. Remember, Kareem Hunt used to be the starting bell cow running back for the Kansas City Chiefs not too long ago, and he can handle every single bit of it. I think this Browns defense is good enough to slow down Kyler Murray and that Arizona offense. Again, I know the Cardinals are undefeated, but one or two things go the other way, and the Cardinals are easily looking at a 3-2 record. The Browns are a really good football team, and I'd even say that they're still a bit underrated, and I like their chances in this one, so let's lock in the Browns minus three. My last and final pick is the New England Patriots plus four. Look. Mac Jones isn't sexy, I know that, but he's one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league, and that's exactly what he was with the Alabama Crimson Tide in college, a machine. And that's what the New England offense has been throughout the years, and as long as Mac Jones has time to sit in that pocket and make his reads, he has shown that he can produce. And it just so happens that the Cowboys are one of the worst in the league at generating pressures on quarterbacks this season. I'm not totally confident in the Patriots pulling out the outright win in this one, but I think this one stays close and I love the number here at four. I still think there's something to say about home field advantage in Foxborough and I simply think the four points are too much. Bill Belichick's defenses typically get better as the season goes on, so I'm hoping they can slow down this Dallas offense in this game. So for my final pick, let's go ahead and lock in the New England Patriots plus four. All right. Well, those are my lock it up top five picks of the week for week six. And just to review, we have the Denver Broncos minus three and a half. The Cincinnati Bengals minus three and a half. The Arizona Cleveland under 49 and a half points. The Cleveland Browns minus three and the New England Patriots plus four. Like I said, it's been a rough start, an absolutely brutal start. 8-16-1 is nothing to be proud about, but we're trying to dig it out here. We're trying to get out of the hole here. If we can just rattle off one big week, go 5-0, then we're getting closer to that 500 mark. At this point, I mean, that is the goal. But again, do as you will with the picks. You can fade them if you think the picks are a joke and will continue to be a joke, and that's fair. Or you can leave them alone and wait until we gain some steam. Either way, the show goes on. And now, The Boss. And that music means we welcome back the big guy, the boss, Nikki Bada Bing. And we can never count this man out. Every time we're down, he brings us back in. <laughs> we got another strong rebound here in week five, closing out the week two, zero, and one. Very close. And I mean very, very close to a perfect 3-0 weekend. But that kicker situation in the Green Bay-Cincinnati game gives us that push. And as I always say, a push is better than a loss. But nonetheless, two winners, zero losses, and one push. So a nice winning weekend here, bringing the boss's overall record to now 7-8-1 on the 2021 year. So not quite back to that 500 level yet, but again, not terrible at the same time. We're down, but not by much. And if you have been following the boss's picks, the damage is pretty much minuscule. There's a lot of opportunity coming up here real shortly to get ahead and get in that green and maybe stay in that green because we're only one game back. So, boss, welcome back to the show and congrats on the bounce back winning week.
1: Well, thank you very much uh, and appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I got to point out a little half pointer, right? You know, all those missed field goals. I think I read a stat this week about the most missed extra points was this weekend with uh, 13 missed extra points. It and- was
0: brutal. You actually texted me that during the game so you yeah. I, and I was actually distracted. I was spending the weekend with my mother. Um so when you texted me that I you know I already I was there was I think of one game on that I was kind of paying attention to that they kept missing uh, extra points in that game as well. So it must have been the yeah. trend of the day. So
1: yeah, and that's why you you know your casters out there you got to shop for that line. That's why I got a couple of different accounts. You know, if I, if I could have found you know Green Bay minus the two and a half was out there somewhere.
0: Yeah, and to and and on the other side, if you were a, a Cincy backer, you could have had three and a half at the beginning of the week on a Tuesday yeah. or Wednesday, I believe.
1: Yeah. So, you know, that's why I you know I have a couple different accounts, and you know I'm searching for that line that's in my favor
0: absolutely yeah i have a i have a local and i have you know living here in new jersey i have a few options myself so it is important to shop around it's important to be on top of the lines early that's why a lot of these picks that i give out like my picks are still in turmoil by the way um the ones that i give out i usually get a line at a, at a much better uh you know whether it's up or down favorite or dog because uh, i put my bets in on tuesdays and wednesdays and then you know by the time the pod this podcast comes out on friday the lines have changed so yeah it's it's kind of a battle for me personally, how to get these picks out to my followers, uh, before Friday. So I'm, maybe Twitter is the best option for that. Um, but you know, that leaves out the, the,
1: the element of surprise of the picks on Friday, but so yeah. be it. Yeah. You know, for me, the, the bigger point is that that's why you got to shop for that half point in right. your favor, right? Cause it will fall right on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, you know, they, they've always amazed me. Um, uh, how they, you know, they 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 get right there on that number, and how they do that with totals is amazing to me. And and remember, I'm going all the way back to the 70s with this, when we would get the phone call nine o'clock at night, you know, with the lines to print out the football tickets for football <laughs> pools.
0: And that's more impressive back then.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Without,
0: because the technology could not have been anywhere close to what it is now. Now they got the al- algorithms, and I'm sure they had some type of algorithm back then, but back in the 70s i mean
1: yeah well, it's just freaking amazing and it, it still happens today but anyway uh, i digress sorry um
0: no you're good let's so that was the that was the bengal's um the bengal's green bay game we these other games were winners i mean we were like i said we were close to the 3 and 0 perfect week the tennessee jacksonville over the 48 and a half was your third play your your weakest play of the week stone yep. cold lock right there i mean the game was I think uh, 37 to 19 final. So we you, you got up to a total of 56 points in this one. And we were looking pretty at this one at halftime. It was 37 points total at halftime. Uh, but the crazy thing is each team in this game ran the ball over 30 times. You know, that was mixed in between the running backs, whether the whether Trevor Lawrence was taken off or Ryan Tannehill actually, you know, gained a few yards on the ground. 30, over 30 times per team, which if you knew that in hindsight, I don't know if we would have took this over. Jacksonville had 198 total rushing yards. James Robinson, like we talked about on the pod last week, came back. He had 18 carries, 149 yards and a touchdown. And then Tennessee, obviously Derrick Henry, he had 130 yards and three touchdowns. But they also had 184 total rushing yards. So a lot of running, and this game was still able to go
1: over. Yeah, and, and, um, you know, I was scared because the line had moved down. From, you know, what, 50-51 down to like 48 and a half. So, yeah,
0: another great winner there. And then the Chargers, minus the one, was your second best play. I mean, uh, this uh, we we talked a little bit before we started recording this. The, uh, this is the team. This is the one we talked about on the, in, uh, I think it was episode one or two of uh, the boss's picks here. There's always a team. It's always in the beginning of the season that you just ride the wave and I feel, yep. I feel like no matter what you could just you know up until now or maybe even the next few weeks you can blindly bet these chargers and you're just covering you're just covering yep. every time they were down 27 to 13 like going into halftime I think yep was it halftime or I don't it might have been in the third quarter but they were down 27 to 13 but this team's just so resilient. They bounce back. I think there was five consecutive touchdowns between the two teams just going back and forth, changing leads. Right. Touchdown, right. touchdown, 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 before they – I think they made Cleveland punt. Chargers go down and score, I think, with a minute. In, uh, they give Cleveland a minute and 31, which is a little more time than you'd like if you're yep. betting on the Chargers. But, you know, they hold Cleveland, and they win the game. They just make this yep. cup comeback and just stay in the game. So another great pick, great winner there. Thank you. So we got the chargers. Uh, the chargers were the winner. The over 48 and a half was the winner. And then that Packers game, I think a little bit of luck is, is in here. I know it was the push, but the three, I mean, they were, there was five missed field goals since the right. two minute warning in the fourth, fourth quarter Crosby. Who's one of the most, you know, he's one of the older kickers, but one of the more reliable kickers in the NFL, he misses three field goals. And then the Bengals rookie kicker, McPherson misses two field goals. Just absolutely craziness. And the other crazy part about this is is once overtime starts, the Bengals win the coin toss. You're like, oh, well, this right. is a this is a loss. Burrow throws an interception, his very first pass attempt, it puts the Packers, sets them up perfectly in great field position. But yep. that, you know, goes back and forth with the missed field goals. Crosby ends up winning it with a minute and fifty-five seconds left in overtime, which is also another interesting thing because if he misses that field goal, now this game has a realistic chance of actually ending in a tie in real life, which, yep. w- which would have resulted in a loss in the gambling world. So yep. just a a wild one there, uh, but 2-0 week, 2-0-1. Can't complain, yeah.
1: right? So, uh, you know, uh, approaching that 500 level and, you know, all the different sites you go around to, all these so-called professionals and whatnot, everybody's right around
0: 500 yeah and you know what the one podcast i listen to a lot and i've t- if people that have been listening to this podcast the longest know that i have i put out my resources i like to listen to rj bell's dream preview podcast and these guys entered the super contest the real one in las vegas uh i think it's like a five thousand dollar buy in the gold right these guys are even down like yeah. it's funny, they put out their ticket every Sunday before uh kickoff who their five picks are against the spread, and it's just spread. There's not like totals or anything like that. Right. Right. And most of the time, like f- at least three of their picks are the picks I have and have put out on this pod. Yeah. And but these guys like they're getting they're down. I think I yeah. they, they're they're hitting at like a thirty eight percent right now. So I don't know what is going on, but it's
1: the NFL and anybody can beat anybody on any given Sunday
0: that must be it and i think i think just with every single team being so analytically driven now i think most teams have yeah. the have the analytic playbooks they're all smart they're all there's there's no real dumb teams out there there's a handful probably still like the giants i feel like the, they don't do analytical stuff okay but.
1: i remind you who you're talking to right <laughs> old school what are you talking about analytics for? That's what all Throw the get te- out the window That's
0: what they're right. all doing now, that they're all going for it on fourth and three, you know, at the yeah. forty yard line instead of punting. Well, I'm just saying that's what these teams are doing. So I wonder yeah. if that has anything to do with affecting these lines, you know. I,
1: I get the fourth down, go for it depending upon where you are on the field and what the score is and you know where you're at in the game and all that. But but the two pointers, uh, you know, to me you kick the extra point. Give me the point. It, the the two-point conversion thing is towards the end of the game.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is that is an interesting point. I notice that sometimes. The team's down 7 nothing. They score a touchdown. Obviously, then it's 6-7, to seven and they go for the two.
1: I don't understand. Yeah. In the first quarter. But then again,
0: there's a lot more kickers missing the extra point nowadays as well since they moved it back. So maybe yeah, maybe but, that okay. has something to do with it
1: um maybe so but you know that means you got a shitty kicker yeah. like a freaking 30 yarder <laughs> come
0: on yeah guys i mean that's all good points so
1: yeah don't get me started on the analytics shit I, I, i'm old school i know you're old
0: school and i'm kind yeah, of in yeah. the middle there i'm I, I like the old school but i also i also embrace the analytical department but again i do agree with you that it it does get out of control from time to time. I think Doug yeah. Peterson did a little uh for the Eagles head coach, old Eagles head coach. He did a yes. little too much. Got in trouble. Yeah,
1: you know, as, as with everything in life, you got to do it in moderation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Analytics is part of it, but you can't live solely by analytics.
0: No, no football is not played.
1: Especially in a sporting event and an event like football, where to me, the main analytics should be the emotion of the game. <laughs> yeah. So you have to that rap- momentum swing. It's huge. right read the room right okay yeah
0: exactly you
1: know it's, anyway um I, I I digress again so
0: no I like that in moderation is key I think I think the smartest teams um the page, look at the Patriots I know they're without Tom Brady they haven't been the same but they embrace what I think is a very old school style football but they mix in a in moderation a healthy amount of analytics at times yeah so and look at the, and, you know on all the success they've had over the years but so, we're getting a little off track here between the old school and analytics debate, but, uh, sorry, that's, uh no, it's all good. That's, you know, <laughs> it's, I think again, it, it's, it's, I think it's the right to question if this is, if it's affecting the, the spreads, yeah. but, but anyway, let's move on. Let's get to these picks for this week. And I hear that you might have a bonus pick for us this week.
1: Um, I got four games. I'm going to play this week Four again. I got I
0: got four all right and you know what happened last time we did four
1: we had the broom out
0: we had the broom we were sweeping it up and down the book's faces so
1: I had several games this week and it took me uh a while to get it narrowed down to the four
0: okay Um, well I like the sounds of I like the sound of that because that means you're interested at least in a lot of you know different picks here that we can you know and hopefully we can hone in on the top four
1: We're gonna hone into the top four and i'll I'll share my other um picks with your followers um just for the hell of it okay sounds
0: good i mean and again those have been all the picks that you've been sharing for the hell of it i feel like keep covering so yeah all right so before we get to the picks let's just remind the listeners that i want uh i want the boss to give the audience his top three picks and in this case he'll be giving us his top four picks this week and then letting us know the remainder but it could be against the spread the total money line parlay teasers whichever he chooses it's his best three but we're going to go in reverse order so we'll start with the fourth play of the week it's going to be his weakest play but still probably a very good play so with that it is time to scan the board take a ride Get down to the business and whack the books here in Week Six. Mm. So, Boss Man, we're through five weeks of football. What do we got? Yeah, for, what do we got for the fourth pick for Week Six?
1: Well, I want to, I want to, I want to warn your um, listeners that you know some of these are going to sound real wacky.
0: Uh, you said that last week, and the wacky ones, the wacky one won.
1: I, I understand. All part of the NFL. So, uh, pick number one. Um, You're going to think I'm crazy, but I'm taking Wash plus the points versus KC. Ooh,
0: okay. So now here's before you go into this, it's bouncing between six and a half and seven. And we just talked about shopping for lines. Obviously, you would like to have the seven, but are you still sitting on it at six and a half? Yes. Okay.
1: Pick one six and a half, seven don't matter to me. Okay. Actually, six and a half is one of those tricky lines that, you know, where they're trying to suck you into the fave. Or a teaser. Oh, 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 they just gotta win by a touchdown.
0: Right. Or the yeah. teaser on the other side. Oh, if you tease Kansas City down, oh, they just have to win the game because you know yeah. you tease them down to a half a point.
1: So um what's driving that pick for me Ant, is I got KC in their last sixteen games, three and thirteen against the spread.
0: Three and thirteen against the spread in their last how many? Sixteen?
1: Sixteen games. Wow.
0: That isn't. That is. So, that is an incredible Wash, stat because.
1: Watches at home, uh, you know, you know. We all heard about how good their defense was supposed to be. Well, I ain't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. But then again, KC don't stop anybody either.
0: Well, you just said you've seen how bad. You just said how bad their defense is. So <laughs> I, why are we going with Washington here? Because of Kansas City's defense is equally or if not the, worse
1: everybody's been in the game against KC. The birds were down five late in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, true. Um, and I'm seeing a pretty hefty advantage for Washington along for their pass blocking. So Heineke should have plenty of time uh, without yep. any pressure. And then in the run game as well, they should Washington should be able to run the ball with ease.
1: So this was more about um, a tech trend. With the, three against, with the 3-13 record against the
0: Okay, and another another uh, thing to point out here, something I noticed while watching Kansas City play last weekend, uh, it seems like teams have really figured out how to take Tyreek Hill out of the game. Mm-hmm. And without him disrupting defenses, Kansas City's offense does not look good at all. Right. It's actually insane how, like, how below average the offense looks when they take Tyreek Hill out of the game yeah and Kansas City will be missing their running back Clyde Edwards Edwards Hilaire as well Mm -hmm.
1: so the only other on the road again uh coming back it's 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 that game on the board this week that I was like KC's gonna be a world though yeah I'm going against them
0: okay so we have the washington football team plus six and a half or plus seven wherever you can get it shop around look for the best line you can um as the fourth pick who are we looking at here for pick number three
1: all right pick number three um I, i'm i'm gonna use um Pitt Pittsburgh pittsburgh Pitt over seattle okay so quarterback, and we're looking
0: and we're looking at Pittsburgh as a four-and-a-half-point favorite on uh, Sunday Night Football, so primetime game in Pittsburgh, four-and-a-half favorite over the Seahawks. Correct. And and what did you say about the, the – we're talking about the quarterback?
1: Yeah, again, everybody knows Martin Russell Wilson's out for yeah. a couple months probably. Um, You're talking about Geno Smith? <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about Geno
0: Smith? Uh, yeah, this guy. This... Who the
1: Jets cut. <laughs>
0: this this guy is is probably one of the biggest boneheads in the NFL. Uh,
1: Come on, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I
0: he's a he, he's at a at home. He, it's a goofball. Uh, the it's who funny because
1: to who needs a win? Bad.
0: It's funny because I th- I see people taking Seattle right now because I think they saw a little bit of Geno Smith in the however however many drives he played in that game when after yep. Russell Wilson got hurt and he looked decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, he, uh, the, he closed it out with that interception when, you know, the team was really in a position to go down and win, uh, and, you know, blame it on the receiver or whatever. He still threw that interception. And that is like the definition of what Geno Smith has been during his career in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, he's just, uh, I cannot yeah. put cold, hard cash on Geno Smith. I can't, I can't, I can't do, do it, it. now. can't do it. So yeah, I I like this I like the matchup and the other thing is Geno Smith is not a very mobile quarterback, uh, well, and Pittsburgh is one of the best defenses at generating pressure, so good luck Geno Smith.
1: Uh, and I ain't afraid to give five with Pitt either, because I seen you know fives out there. Okay,
0: yeah, five, and then I keep you know, and then this being a fantasy football podcast, uh, a lot of the a lot of the people in the fantasy football community um, are high on Ben Roethlisberger this week, including myself. Um, he should have decent amount of time going against that Seattle pass rush, rush which, which isn't that great. And yep. then uh, the two wide receivers, Claypool and Johnson, should have decent games as well. So, I I agree with you. I like this Pittsburgh pick a lot.
1: Yeah, and I and I expect uh, Najee Harris to have a big game.
0: Yeah, that's the one thing showing up on my stat sheet here is that the the run game itself. Now, that, this is just handing the ball off in the run blocking is at a pretty big disadvantage. But Najee Harris's skill is not just that; it goes beyond that. You know, they they throw him the ball on the flats and all that other good stuff. So, I I, I do think Najee Harris should have a pretty good game. But as far as just a running running game, sole running game, I don't know about that. Yeah. But okay, so well, we have we have Pittsburgh. Minus four and a half, Washington plus seven. And then for the second best bet of the week, what do we have?
1: All right. So I really struggled with over these next two games, who was going to be my best bet. So it's almost like who best bets. Yes, okay. me.
0: Okay. One A, one B.
1: But, you know, for, for so, so to answer the question, um, I'm going to go. And, and and your followers If they've been listening You know it, it's against the, a, a little bit of a mantra With the west coast coming east San Diego right, I still call them San Diego sorry Sing the, the song San Chargers.
0: Diego Superchargers
1: yeah. Alright the bolts <laughs> Are coming east to Baltimore
0: as, as dogs too
1: And you know I'm sorry but You know that I mean, they were coming off an emotional win, right? That they beat KC to get that monkey off their back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the Monday night miracle that Lamar Jackson just pulled off—they uh they gotta have a letdown. <laughs> they got that whole run controversy thing. To see how fired up—who uh who the hell did they play Monday night?
0: The Colts.
1: The Colts were all fired up over that shit.
0: They, yeah, and were, the, the Colts had a.
1: Get that, did they get the hundred-yard rushing record? Thing or not? Oh,
0: that's a good question. I actually don't know. I know they made a big deal about it all week and then actually before the game kicked
1: fired up the Colts. You ain't getting that on us, you know, with all that, you know, who the hell? Nobody heard about that until you know, he did what he did the week before against uh,
0: Denver. Yeah, he, he ran the ball. Yeah, they with... got all
1: pissed off with, you know, <laughs> Lamar running instead of kneeling yeah. to get that hundred yard thing. But but anyway, beyond all that bullshit, okay, San Diego, is like we spoke earlier in your in your cast they're the it team this year they're the team that's come out of the woodwork this year
0: yeah they're the one you you're you're jumping on and you're riding the wave and apparently you are not getting off the wave you're still surfing
1: i'm searching and you know why why because the chargers are eight and one in the last nine against the spread?
0: Ooh, okay, eight and one. I like that. We're not we're not at the ten game marker yet, so we can still ride this out. I feel like.
1: Yeah, and in conjunction with, you know, back to back huge emotional wins, and that Monday night win, you saw them. The, and, uh, you know, the celebration on the field and all that. It, I just, they they, they got to have a letdown.
0: You're talking about Baltimore, right?
1: Yeah, it's, and it's it's more about against Baltimore and the emotional letdown that I expect them to have. Coming off of that huge Monday night win.
0: Yeah, and so it was a Monday night win, so they're coming off a little short rest, and then I don't know if you have, if you've alluded to this already. We also have the Chargers coming east, so those two negatives, I I feel like kind of or those two things produce you know an a wash for me at least right. in my world. So
1: cancel each other out. Yeah.
0: Um, and, and I think those trends, I think we were talking about this before. They don't even really matter anymore, right? The whole, was it, is it the short rest or the, or the East coast one?
1: Um, there was, you know, no, it's the rest, uh, the rest one, the The, short rest teams who are playing Thursday night and then don't play until the following Sunday. That 10 day rest, Mm. you know, is working against them.
0: Okay. So the 10 day rest trend seems to be falling off the rails
1: a little. And the, the, the short rest is you know back about 500.
0: okay so the rest trend we can kind of maybe ignore a little bit well, i feel like a yeah lot this
1: of- ain't about this ain't about the rest
0: okay okay For me,
1: anyway yeah so
0: okay so it's all about the baltimore path that they've taken to get here then it's they beat kansas in
1: conjunction C- with san diego being eight and one against the spread in the last nine
0: right uh-huh. so we have somewhat of a perfect storm brewing here and we're going to take the hot team the one that we're riding the wave the hot team and we're getting points that's the that's the crazy thing here too to me i'm sorry i know everybody's i love
1: points i know
0: i love them too but uh everyone's talking about lamar jackson in the media and again like you said they're coming off a big emotional comeback win at home in front of their home crowd um yeah i like this pick a lot and i'm not for me every single chargers game is either you're taking the chargers or you're passing at this moment so Right. I'm on board with you here Chargers so that's that was pick two pick one B I guess you could say <laughs> so uh you know here we go again the final the final bet is the best bet the lock of the week and again I say this every week I'm riding with you here all the best bets the best bets are now two two and one on the year with the Cincinnati push or uh, sorry with the Green Bay push last week um, yep. so what are we looking at here for the lock of the week yep, here in week geez. six
1: you know how I like to say it takes balls to bet under. Uh oh. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but um in the Arizona Cleveland game I like the under.
0: I'm so happy that you just said that because that is one of my top five picks of the week this
1: week. So um So
0: wait, do we have we have an under of what is the total currently?
1: Uh she's bouncing somewhere between forty nine and fifty.
0: Okay, I'm seeing 49 and a half right now, so let's just call it that right down the middle.
1: You want to split the difference and go 49 and a half yeah, be it. Let's do it. You know, um but you know, my logic there is again, you know, I got Arizona in their last 11 games on the road, the under is 10 and 1. Oh,
0: God, that is crazy. And
1: and the style of game that I think is going to be played you gotta keep Kyle Murray on the bench. Yeah. Cleveland's gonna be running Chubb left, Chubb right, Chubb up the middle.
0: Maybe a little hunt sprinkled in there as well.
1: You know, to give him a rest after he breaks off a long one. <laughs>
0: right. And that's what that's what Cleveland does anyway. That's what yeah. they, they run the 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 shit out of the ball week in and week out, and nobody has seemed to be able to stop them because they have one of the best run blocking offensive lines in the league.
1: And I and you coached me up last week with uh, making me aware of the uh, shoulder issue that Baker's dealing with. It's not the throwing shoulder. Yeah. But, you know, but that, doesn't, that, that,
0: that doesn't heal on its own. I've had a torn labrum in my shoulder before. That requires surgery. They need to go in there and drill that muscle. They yeah. need to anchor that muscle back onto the bone in order I, for it to I, fully heal.
1: I, I just think it's going to be run, run, run.
0: Yeah. And that's... But that, looking at my stat sheet, I know I keep going back to this, but Cleveland has a disadvantage in the passing game, a disadvantage for all three wide receivers. The only advantage, and it's a big advantage, is the run. And then on yep. the other side, Arizona's looking pretty average with the pass and and uh, DeAndre Hopkins. But we do know this year, DeAndre Hopkins hasn't been anything special. Not like how he usually is, I guess mm-hmm. we, can, we should say. Big right. disadvantage for every other receiver on that team, and the tight end. And then the only other advantage that Arizona has is also the run. Yeah. And this game is in Cleveland, right next to that lake, so it's going to be fifty-nine degrees and sprinkled <laughs> showers in there all game long. So yeah, I love this
1: pick. Uh, I, I you know,
0: I think yeah, I think you I think you hammer this pick. I think this is the one. I think that I was surprised yeah. when I, because I like to go through all my data first and then go look what the total is. I right. after I put all this data in, I was like, okay, this this over under is probably sitting around the 43, 44. When I saw forty nine and a half, I almost yeah, yeah, I almost fell
1: out of my chair. So so and it drifted down. I believe it opened at like fifty three, right? Well,
0: and a half. Oh, I don't I don't know if it was that high. Uh, but you even you said it was fifty, fifty. I have 49 and a half and then, you know, who knows if it's down the it, Yeah. I I got a feeling it's going to keep going down.
1: Yeah, the, the 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 totals, you know, the general public is favorite and over. Right. So, as you're approaching the game, you're most likely to see the total going up and the favorites going up. Right. Right as the public's pumping it in on fades and over
0: Right. Driving and that it- line. And everybody's looking at this Arizona team that they can't be stopped. They're so good. I think they're still the only undefeated team in the league. Correct. Um, And then Cleveland, you know, people people know that Cleveland is a very good football team as well. So just the average person just thinking about it off the top of their head, Arizona, Cleveland, two, you know, two really good football teams over. Definitely over. Right. But I'm actually shocked to see Cleveland as the three-point favorite in this one as well. Just, beca- you know, just because of the Arizona popularity. I just I'm surprised the books put it at Which the... is which is
1: another line this week that's screaming at me. How how a bleep can that be? Right. Yeah. <laughs> which means give the three. <laughs> right, yeah. There's that... even a couple of three and a halves out there. <laughs> yeah. Vandals three and a half. Circa uh out in Vegas, third three and a half right now.
0: That's crazy. Uh, I haven't seen a three and a half. My book opens at two and a half on Tuesday. But I now Vandal,
1: I'm showing FanDuel three and a half right now. Wow. Yeah. FanDuel. So. Um which again drives the point home to your listeners about having accounts at a couple of places, shopping for that extra half point. It matters.
0: Yes. I agree one thousand percent. I have two. I should probably have three or four, but I only have two. I'm trying to try to contain myself a little bit
1: well you don't have to bet them all you know it's just sites you know to you know you open account with them and you know you never know find that extra half point in your favor right yeah absolutely right I mean you know uh, prior to internet you know uh, good old landlines and you know I had a couple bookies back in the day
0: (laughs) right and I'm shopping I would love to know what the difference was between all the locals back in the day did you, did you ever have any like drastically different lines between the locals?
1: Absolutely. Wow, that's insane. I would love you for know, that to
0: be the case. Now, I mean, if everybody's usually pretty close, pump,
1: they pumped the Eagles game back then.
0: <laughs> oh, because yeah, local because everyone in the in town everybody's would have been betting on. Bet the birds. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> pump it. <laughs> oh, that's
0: crazy. Yeah, I wonder so. if we ever get to a point in this country where you know gambling becomes legal across the whole nation. And they'll they start doing that for, you know, people that are in the Philadelphia area. They pump the Eagles game a little, or like if you live in San Francisco, they pump the Niners game a little. You You're know?
1: not going to tell me that them goddamn limeys at, at, at Parks Park uh, Casino, because it's really it's really the, the the English people who own that Greenwood, um, whatever the hell they're called. Yeah, they're pumping the birds. Come on.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's it, interesting. I haven't there's been. There's no this- question. I haven't been to the parks in so long for well for for betting purposes uh, there's
1: no need to you don't have to leave your living room
0: exactly but I would I'm still I'm curious now I would like to go in there and just see because I bet you even if the line is similar or a half point more than it should be for the Eagles I, I bet you they're charging you more they're probably yeah. late 115 120 you know what I mean yeah so
1: that, that is very interesting so but, you know uh, you're saying that and i'm looking at uh win right now the cleveland game minus 3 you know um it's minus 120
0: yeah see that's uh, i don't know i'm not i'm not ever paying more than 110 unless i'm buying points
1: yeah so, so which again drives the point home about you know you got to shop mm-hmm. yeah you it's important shop.
0: especially if you're doing this all season long it's i think it's very important to shop around and have a few options open
1: yeah. Now that three and a half, that's one ten. Yeah. The three's the three's one
0: twenty. I, I was just gonna say, how much does it cost if you're buying the the half point? And mine, I think mine's even more expensive. My book will go to one twenty five or even one thirty in some cases.
1: Yeah. And I see BetGM at uh, minus minus three minus one fifteen.
0: Yeah. Well, one fifteen, they can get me on one fifteen sometimes. Anything over that, I usually am, you know, I'm out. Yeah. But, all right. So, who else do we? So we we have your top four. Who were the other ones that you were thinking about? Let's let's fire out uh, real quick the other ones we were looking at.
1: So, um, you know, the Monday night game, Buff Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You know, the 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 scoreboard going to explode that game. So the over. <laughs> you, you might you might be able to go to bed <laughs> at halftime on the over there <laughs> with, with that game. Yeah, but, I think you know,
0: I think at this point Tennessee their defense is giving up an average of 26 points per game. So yeah. uh, what's, what's the over under 54?
1: Probably very high. Yeah. So the 26, uh, you know, and then yeah, add on 54. it's Buffalo's yep. offense
0: that they're going against. Yeah the, yeah. the half of it's right there. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. And, you know, the scare, what scared me off was um, buff coming off the, the big KC win, right?
0: That yes. Emotional win for them. And what scares me a little bit about that is the Buffalo defense. Yeah, it's. They can week in and week out. They've proven that they're they're a solid. Which was our
1: logic last week that they could stop KC once or twice?
0: Yeah, they they did it more than once or twice. Yeah, I'll tell you that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think he only had um, the, they, the typical NFL game, um, the offense has uh, eleven or twelve possessions. Hmm. I you know, so the other team eleven or twelve. So you got 22 twenty two, twenty four, uh, potential scoring drives yeah okay but i well i think i'm getting my teams i think the arizona game only, um there was only eight possessions for Mahomes.
0: yeah and he turned the ball over a few times as well
1: yeah so the, so. the
0: my point was the buffalo defense though is they've proven now at this point that they're uh, they're no defense to mess around with right. and the condition of the tennessee titans I I still don't know what to make of this team. You know they lose to the Jets. They you know then yeah. they bounce back and like who are the Tennessee Titans? All I know is the defense is bad and the offense is inconsistent. And if we get an ins- inconsistent Tennessee offense, well we know Derrick Henry's going to be able to run the ball, but again that milks the clock. And the you know the inconsistence of the Tennessee offense is what scares me away from this over. It's a high over. It's fifty four points.
1: Yeah, but you know which is why it's not one of the official four. Uh, but I just wanted to let your listeners know that it was in the mix and it didn't make the final cut. <laughs>
0: All right. <laughs> well, who else didn't make the final cut?
1: Um, uh, Cincinnati under.
0: Cincy under. What's the total? Uh,
1: what do we got? knew you were going to ask me that. I but, got it right uh, here. 47 and a half. Yeah. Uh, another game where, um, you know, this Detroit team, Um, the coach was in tears last week. Another heartbreaking loss for them. Mm -hmm. You know they're playing hard. Uh, I'll give them that.
0: They are. They've been in a lot of close games this year.
1: They just don't have the talent. Yeah. You know, and um, so I I felt like there was going to be a little bit of a Cincy letdown. I think Detroit at home. You know they keep playing hard, um, and and I just felt like um, you know that was going to fall to the under. Uh, side this this game to me for Cincinnati could shut them down <laughs>
0: well that's okay that's what I was just gonna say this game to me because now Detroit's been kicked in the balls twice with the field yep. goal losses yeah yep. this is the perfect game I think where they get blown out yeah and the under if it's a blowout is actually good unless unless Cincinnati scores 48 points on their own yep. but you know we've we've bet an under I think it was the Denver Broncos Jets game where the the jets got blown out but it, the final score i think was 24 to nothing 28 nothing something like that so yeah. i'm seeing something like that for this game because i, I think cincinnati is going to be able to move the ball easily uh, as as most teams have done against this detroit defense but the offense i just think this team is so deflated like the, i think their their dream crusher game was last week and they just they got crushed and now yeah. I just I don't see how they get up after that again because now you're in your head oh, we can't beat anybody no matter what we do we're gonna lose the game type of mentality right so uh, well I kind of like know, that under uh,
1: there was a there was a, a trend uh, stat that pointed me towards this game Cincinnati under nine and three in their last twelve
0: okay nine and three they covered the under is that just in general or is that um away
1: Cincinnati game. The last twelve Cincinnati games, the under is nine and three. Got it. Okay, cool. That's kind of what, uh, you know, um, put that game on 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 the screen for me. Did make my final cut.
0: I like <laughs> I like this one though. I like this one better than the the Buffalo Tennessee over.
1: So I might
0: uh, I'm gonna star this one. and might add that to my my little repertoire.
1: Well, <laughs> you know, you're, that's why you're Anthony and I'm the boss. Yeah.
0: So who was our? <laughs> and right now the bo- the boss, by the way, is is doing a lot better in his picks. So he he to the boss's picks more than mine at this moment right now. So, so okay, so- the other
1: one that was on my radar, but I backed off because it's too many points, and I don't know exactly what's going on with the giant quarterback situation. Hmm. I was I was going to give out Ram minus the nine and a half. Y'all know that, you know, I you know here I go again. I'm going to get some of my mantras. I got a West Coast team coming east to the Giant. I got a huge home dog at nine and a half.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, That's the thing for me. But again, that and, actually hasn't been a factor this year either. I think there's been a handful of games where there are a couple games, at least this year, where the team has been over a touchdown uh, road favorite. And it did, didn't matter.
1: Yeah. So... So, so, not, I, so that's why it didn't make the final cut for me. Just,
0: just because um, of the quarterback.
1: I didn't know. I wanted to. I wanted to be sure that uh, Daniel Jones wasn't playing, and I'm not. We don't know that yet.
0: Yeah. He's in I, protocol
1: I, mode yet. Um, and then, like I said, the home dog, the West coming East. You know, that took me off that game.
0: Okay, yeah. But, I,
1: if I, but if I, if I'm giving it, that's now. Now you tease the hell out of the Rams all day long
0: regardless of the quarterback
1: yeah 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 Yeah. okay yeah because yeah. if you tease it down so, you're still
0: over a field goal you're at three and a half
1: I don't give a shit it's against the Giants now, no Saquon <laughs> um you know the the, the 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 quarterback is no great shakes to begin with and now his head's fuzzy did you see him trying to walk after that hit
0: yeah well that was the thing I brought up in the other podcast is that this that, that's a serious concussion like yeah. I, I'm actually surprised that he's quote unquote on track to play this week because yeah, that
1: wasn't just a bell ringer.
0: No, nah, that's a that was the woozy, uh, you know, yeah. doesn't where know where I? he is, comes yeah. comes to his senses five minutes later and doesn't know what happened type of yeah. question. So yeah, um, I I love no this. Day-clan. I love this if Glennon's playing just because gl- I don't even know how Glennon is still in the NFL. I, there, uh, even as a backup, I mean, this guy, yeah. he, he is the goofiest-looking, long neck. I was going to say, do you see
1: that egghead on the sidelines with it's, that head
0: of his? His helmet is like three feet above his shoulder pads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, and he looks like a giraffe. When he runs around, when he like has to scramble out of the pocket a little, it just looks like those wobbly giraffe legs, and then his neck's yeah. going... Yeah, he's
1: sitting on a bench with his helmet off. You know, he looks like a 60-watt light bulb.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a first. I haven't heard that one. That's great. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's great. Ah, man, But I can't trust him. He he sucks. Yeah. Chicago. What other team? Tampa he was on. Like, this guy has gone from team to team. And and we see – I feel like we see him more than we need to. For whatever reason, a starter gets hurt. We always see Mike Glennon every year, and I'm over it. We've seen enough. How is it? Like, he's not a... He's
1: he's your classic journeyman.
0: But he's not even a good journeyman, though. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, he never... Has he done anything to ever wow anybody? All
1: right. Not not that I can recall. And against
0: a team like the Rams, who they're going to... You want to say people can... I said Geno Smith isn't mobile. And I was, you know, he can move a little. This guy can't move. This guy's not mobile. And he's going to have Aaron Donald breathing down his neck.
1: So... I like the pick. uh, I, I... Oh, thank you. Um I'll I'll end with that and a few words of wisdom. Um pay attention to the weather people. Look at the weather.
0: Yep. Um next I time think in of the year I look think, at
1: the weather. Don't forget buys start this week.
0: Four teams on the buy.
1: Yeah. So, so you know, next
0: week with the buys, we have to pay attention to who's coming off the buy because they've had extra time to prepare, rest you know, up.
1: Pay, okay. Pay attention to that little detail. Show and then as and far
0: as the uh, weather goes, I think we're golden across the country, except for the Cleveland game, which we have yeah, in the under
1: the country. There might be something going on. So. Yeah.
0: So, I, you know, we're still we're still pretty good on the weather. I think every everything's sitting between 60s and low 70s and sunny, except for, again, I, the Cleveland game. I,
1: I, I just want to emphasize to your listeners, it's October. Pay attention. start paying attention to weather. Yeah, it matters. Yep. Look and it's what happened Monday night with New England. 1917 the big new england Tampa game <laughs>
0: what oh the rain. there was a lot of rain yeah there
1: yeah was but a... it was just that dreary steady wet drizzle i think there was a couple games like that this last week where we saw rain yeah. uh and you saw brady sailing the ball high and wide and stuff like that for the you know you know it, yeah it's just just you know the wisdom part of things right and paying, it's only going to get worse the weather it's only going to yeah.
0: get worse as we get to late october november and obviously december with the you know when the temperature drops not just
1: not just precipitation the temperature yeah which a lot of teams are going to feel it this sunday coming off of this east coast heat that we have but yet i think sunday is what like um 60 something for a high
0: yeah something like that so yeah
1: but yet we got 80 uh friday and saturday
0: <laughs> oof
1: so, Sunday's going to be a system shocker. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, again, so. but that, I still don't think 60's too bad. It's still, that's, but, uh, that's football yeah. weather.
1: Uh, it is. It but. is. But the overall point of, look at weather, people. matters yep
0: I 100% agree and just to recap the four main picks the official picks that are locked in that will be going against the or on the record we have the Washington football team plus the seven Pittsburgh Steelers minus four and a half the San Diego Chargers plus three and then the best bet the lock of the week is the Arizona Cardinals Cleveland Browns the under 49 and a half for the total so correct i love these picks again as always thank you for coming on the pod i always enjoy this segment it's always my favorite segment of the week and you got some fans tweeting at me lately by the way
1: oh okay uh, yeah appreciate people that. are
0: people are looking for the boss man's picks oh so, okay i like that i like that it's, it's picking up a little bit of steam at least so
1: yeah so just a natural you know. talent on here Ah, oh, well <laughs> appreciate <laughs> that and you know Maybe we can start talking about um, expanding into other sports with NBA starting up. Don't look at me for hockey. I don't know what to tell you about hockey.
0: Uh, nobody, yeah. nobody can tell you anything about hockey. But I'll tell you why right, the right. the hoop, hoop ball would love that basketball knowledge. To be honest with you.
1: Yeah, baskets, man. Um, we can we can, let's
0: let's let the NBA maybe roll in or or college basketball when that starts. Maybe let that roll in for a month you know, let the data or whatever come in. I don't know how, if if it's anything like the
1: the end of uh, talk to me in the new year when football's winding down. Yeah. That's what
0: I was thinking. So, you know, once we, once we run out of more content to talk about with the NFL, it's winding down. Maybe we're in the playoffs. We'll start, we'll start going in the NBA picks a little bit.
1: Yeah. So October's a great month, man. Playoff, baseball, football, uh, hockey startup mm-hmm. and nba startup and you know college
0: so. football too yeah everything
1: yeah yeah and then of course all the college sports so right
0: um, and then well, then, then just one over. month later you got college basketball coming in too in november so yeah it's so a great time for sports uh very busy for me at my full-time job because <laughs> i gotta do all that stuff but uh all right so boss man love the picks let's get into the green this week right we're only one game yeah, back man. one game back let's get into that green and then let's just take off like a rocket ship every weekend philly
1: that. green philly green
0: no, that's a big we game tonight birds,
1: we think of the birds tonight against tampa uh,
0: the seven is interesting that the spread is seven uh it fell to six and a half which is even crazier it's kind of giving me that kc washington vibe that we have in our pick here right um I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Eagles I'm not giving that out as an official pick but I'm gonna take no, I understand I'm gonna take the Eagles tonight just because I want I want to be like really invested in this game it's a big game for the Eagles <laughs> uh, and I like to torture myself so yeah, yeah but you know the Eagles are dealing with cluster injuries still along that offensive line and I still don't think they look that great against the Panthers it was a miracle they I, I would
1: like you know I'm gonna get on my FanDuel account and I'm gonna be pumping in some same-game parlays um, and I'm, I'm probably going to zero in. I think Miles Sanders is due for a breakout running game.
0: I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and I no. think, the well, the thing is the Eagles every single week on the statistic sheet that I have, they always have a real good advantage in the run game and they never run the ball. No, yep. they, they never run the ball. I don't get it. So. I don't know if it's because, you know, Hertz is running the ball and they think that's enough. Yeah. But they're not. They're not physically running the ball <laughs> like as much no. as they should be. But yeah, uh,
1: I got to bring my Wentz 11 jersey to the uh, to the cl- dry cleaners and see if they can remove one of them ones and turn it into a Jalen Hurts shirt.
0: Yeah, you should. Well, they got yeah. to remove both. Move one over and center it first because then you're going to you're going <laughs> <okay. It's> okay <laughs> to be a little off there.
1: That's OK. It's OK to be a little off.
0: Yeah. All right, boss. Well, again, thanks for coming on the pod. And uh, l- again, let's get these winners and we'll talk to you next week.
1: Love it. Thank you for the opportunity. All right. Good luck. All right. You too.
0: Well, that's our show for today. Everyone go ahead and enjoy week six of the NFL. Go get those fantasy W's. Don't forget to hit me up on Twitter with any of your fantasy questions regarding your lineups or ads or drops or trades, anything like that. Don't forget to hit me up with any questions. And for God's sakes, let's get some freaking winners on the Lock It Up segment. Let's get some winners. Let's get our first winning week. Let's get into the green. Let's start the positive movement here. So with that... Everyone, go have a great weekend, and we will see you next week here on Fantasy NFL Today.